Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Thursday's Spiritual Matters here at The Daily Huddle. I'm your host, Dr. Monica Ogando. Today's topic is the sacred gift of grief. And it seems to be all the more uh, relevant and all the more important as days go by. So we'll talk about it. We'll continue the family meeting that we started last week. How about that? And I have a quote for you in regards to that today, which is, um, love and grief are two sides of the same coin. One does not and cannot exist without the other. They are the yin and yang of our lives. Grief is predicated on our capacity to give and receive love. Some people choose not to love and so never grieve. If we allow ourselves the grace that comes with love, however, we must allow this, ourselves the grace that is required to mourn by Dr. Alan Wolfett. And so, welcome to Spiritual Matters Thursdays at The Daily Huddle. The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. I wanted to talk about the sacred gift of grief today because I am, I feel responsible. I feel um, like somebody has to say it. Uh, maybe it's because I am used to being the eldest daughter in the family. I am the eldest of three in my family. And I am also the first um, in the cousins. <laughs> in the, I have a lot of cousins. And in all of them, and some of them are super, super older than me by like decades. And some of them are super, super younger than me by decades. So I'm kind of in the middle, but I am the first one that um, lived in the United States for any amount of time. And came back to tell the tale. And so that's why I was making a big deal of you being in my home country, um, Giovanni, Dominican Republic. Uh, And so taking on that role of being like the eldest daughter in my family and also like the Americanized cousin (laughs) in my larger family. I'm going to take a stand and say we need to talk about grief. Sometimes it is easier to talk about individual grief and just make it somebody's individual problem. Um, But we have not as a society given ourselves the space, the room, and the permission to have collective grief. We've not allowed, or even if it doesn't, if if, if the grief does not belong to us necessarily, but just to witness somebody else being in their grief. Uh, We feel awkward about it. It's embarrassing a little bit. And um, and we just would rather look away or would rather say platitudes like, you know, God doesn't give you anything more than you can bear or everything happens for a reason and things that end up actually infuriating the grieving person more so than, than nourishing them. And so I want to talk about the sacred gift of grief, because on the one hand. We don't like why we have it. Right. It's because there's been some kind of loss that has happened, which is why we grieve. Sometimes the devastating, horrific loss, such as what we see happening right now with the Israeli and Palestinian conflict that has come to a 
boiling point. It's been boiling for quite some time. Um, and sometimes it happens um, not because of loss, but because of shame or missed opportunities. Sometimes we grieve a life we could have had and didn't have because we didn't take certain steps or because we didn't speak up, et cetera, et cetera. And so we grieve for what never was or a love that never was, a career that never was, a talent that was never developed and that kind of thing. Um, and, and then culturally, we've not, we've not created space to grieve some of that collective loss. Um, when we speak about, for example, um, patriarchy or misogyny, or we talk about white supremacy the, um, the, theology, <laughs> I'm going to call it theology, um, we speak of it often vilifying the oppressor, vilifying the perpetrator of, of the dim, diminishing of rights. Um, but it, it hurts them too. You know, people think patriarchy or misogyny is an offense and a suppression of women, but it also deeply diminishes men. White supremacy um, very directly oppresses uh, the global majority um, and melanated folks, but it also deeply suppresses white folks. And in the same way, whenever there is a conflict, like we have with the Israeli and Palestinian um, conflict right now, uh, we can very clearly see who is the victims because we can see who's bloody, we can see who's dead, we can see who's uh, who has experienced loss, we can see who's suffering. Um, but the people inflicting the pain are suffering as well. And that's the thing that we don't talk about. Um, it takes a severe and consistent dehumanization of self in order for you to be able to dehumanize another human being because that's not our natural our natural default function. Our natural default position is not there. Um, and so when we grieve, it's an opportunity to come back to our humanity. It's an opportunity to come back to what connects us individually and as a whole, you know. Uh, we all share this planet together. And so in a way, it's a little bit like uh, the shared space that you share with people who live in the same block as the ones that live in your house, like the same block that your house is on, right? Like we're all neighbors. In that way, in a grander scale of theme of things, anybody that we share the planet with is our neighbor as well, is our brother as well, even though we may not see them, right? Sometimes. I think about, for example, in my neighborhood, I live on a hill. And when I go for a walk, typically I come down the hill <laughs> because it's easier to start and to warm up by taking the downward slope than it is taking the upward slope. So I don't often see the neighbors that live up the street. I usually see the folks that live down the street. And I say hello and I, you know, the, their dogs see me and they wag their tail and they bark and da da da. And there's a little bit more proximity and friendship, I guess, and visibility with our my downward neighbors than it is with my upward neighbors. But they exist and they're there. And I feel the same way with us as a global community. There are some people that you don't see all the time, that you only hear about in the neighborhood newsletter, as it were. Um, but they're connected to you as well. And so the gift that grief 
gives us is an opportunity to reconnect to our own humanity, to recognize the humanity of another, and to give sacred space to our loss. Here in the United States, we have not allowed ourselves permission to collectively grieve the lives that we lost during the pandemic. Um, or how it shifted family dynamics, economics, job opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. There's been a lot of shifts that we were not prepared for. And we're just kind of like rolling with the punches and just living life. And sometimes we'll wear masks and sometimes we won't. And sometimes we'll get on a plane and sometimes we won't. And sometimes we'll, um, you know, boost the vaccine and sometimes we won't or whatever it is. It's like we are in another dimension right now. And we haven't grieved the fact that we lost some stuff. We lost some people. We lost some manner of, of living in that way when we decided to jump timelines in this way collectively. And I grieve. I grieve for us. I grieve for myself. I grieve for the planet. I grieve for the neighbors that I don't get to see every day um, and whose lives maybe don't touch me directly every day. Um, but... I always mention this movie, um, <laughs> Inside Out, because it is, even though it's an animated, you know, cartoonish kind of um, geared towards children movie, it perfectly illustrates the idea that our sadness and our grief, instead of being an inconvenient emotion, it actually opens up the invitation and the, and the connection to other human beings. So I'm going to open up the floor and and I want to know from you what your relationship with grief is or has been or what you want it to be moving forward. And what tools do you use to to manage it, to deal with it? Um, I'll answer the question by saying um, my relationship with grief is I don't like being in it. Because I don't like what it took to get me there. I don't like the loss. I don't like the opportunity that I didn't see or the shame that I feel or whatever the case may be. But once I'm in it, the tools that I use to deal are crying, journaling, talking it out, <clears throat> and also seeking other people who are going through their grief so I can comfort them. Because sometimes comforting somebody else in their grief makes my grief easier to deal with. So let's talk family. I see, Gio, you have your hand up. Yes, thank you. You know, as you were creating the possibility of this conversation, I was realizing um, that I was, as I really started looking, like before, at the beginning, I was sort of not being in the conversation. I was uh, trying to conceptualize this conversation, like yeah. just like read about grief in the dictionary. Yeah. I didn't right. want to. I didn't want to look. Mm -hmm. And then when I started looking, then I started resisting it. Then I didn't like this conversation anymore. I wanted to go home. I wanted to grab my my um, my marbles and go mm -hmm. somewhere else. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And then I realized I haven't grieved in a long time. Mm. I haven't grieved a real loss in a long time. Now, um, what I was pressing is that there are two kinds of griefs for me. Then there is the loss of the people yes. in my life. Then three types. 
Mm-hmm. Then there is the grieving I'm doing now for the way I see the world. And I have given myself permission to see my neighbor's pain mm. a little bit as my pain. Mm-hmm. So I've been grieving that. And the way it's showing up is as an upset, the emotions of upset. And then there is another one I wanted to mention to you that I have grieved, which is to see my life going into in the direction I didn't I didn't create for myself. Like mm-hmm. there's a like I see my life going into another in certain areas in the direction in which I remember grieving. Mm-hmm. Like, oh that I did not want that to happen. Or I did not create that. Now I gotta go deal with those cards. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I wanted to bring that also there. The way I deal with it is, in some degree, is there's nothing I can do. So wait until it all makes sense, sort of. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. That's a that's a very soothing idea too that it that it can make sense that it will make sense and that you get to see that <laughs> because those are those <laughs> we always talk about auditing our assumptions right there's there's so many assumptions that we make in that statement it's like oh yeah and we like those assumptions we they, they feel very soothing I like living there I like it thank you so much Rashida you got something thank you so much Dr Gando Fardi the topic once you started just the word of um the love and the happiness and the yin and yang i started to just go into myself mm-hmm. deep down into myself and why i say that is because in um i went back way far like i would say 45 years ago that was the last last that we have in the family that was my brother. I'm like, fucking no, 43 years ago, not 45 years ago, 43 years ago. And I remember the last time I saw my brother was like, I would say 18 months before he passed. And I was the person who they chose to go and go to the morgue. And I say, why me? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this and I'm telling this story because in I didn't able to. I didn't have the, the guts. I didn't have the, the know-how to go about it. And why I'm saying this is because in I want my, my just to see, I want to remember him and still remember him as the last time we hug and kiss and we bite on my cheek and <laughs> and I and I left that way, I would say it 18 months before he passed. And mm-hmm. when they choose me to go to the morgue and um I did the body, I said, no, not me. Why me? And I'm asking the question because in, in my mind I want to remember him as the last time I saw him and mm-hmm. remember in the, the bite he had. He bit me on my cheek. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all and behold, the universe and the old setting sent my 
papa, my father, to come to the morgue. And he said, do you really identify the body? I said, no, because you got to identify the body. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it saved me from that grief that I was still myself. And just, just I could not even, I could not even pinpoint the feeling I was going to have seeing my, my brother and that stretcher and that um, drawer. Yeah. So I, and I say this because in, I remember my, my grandfather says to me as teachers, never you go to bed angry, never you go to bed unhappy, never you go to bed and ease, mm -hmm. just make peace. Mm -hmm. Not so much with the person around you, but make peace with yourself. Yeah. So when you start to say about the yin and yang, I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she digging into my skin. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely, I am saying that I am doing things and I'm materializing things that as I speak and I do the right thing not to be able to regret tomorrow. Oh, I should have done that. I should have said goodbye to that person. No, I make peace at all time with the person and with myself. Thank you so much for the topic, um, um, Dr. Ogando. Thank yeah. you very much. Absolutely. Thank you for your share. That was beautiful. Uh, Laura says in the chat, I used to shut down rather than grieve, but now I write, I cry, I talk, and forgiveness, I guess forgiveness work to release my grief. Um, yeah, I like those too, Laura. I, I use them a lot. I think it is also important to, um, I don't know. I think that there's a balance between letting grief be and then making it work, <laughs> giving it something to do. Uh, because sometimes when I let grief be, it could feel like I'm drowning in a sea of emotions that I don't necessarily, that get worse and worse. And I tend to catastrophize and et cetera, et cetera. So, so that's when operationalizing my grief becomes useful. <laughs> I hate to use that word, but that's the most accurate one um, to give it something to do. Right. I remember a mentor of mine when I was very, very young in my early twenties, <clears throat> he used to say, when in doubt, focus out. And what he meant by that was that when you're feeling all cruddy like that, then give to somebody, serve somebody, focus on somebody else, focus out. Um, and that will support you in whatever sadness, grief, anger, whatever it is that you're going through. It'll support you and nourish you as you're nourishing another. Um, and I, I haven't found a time when that's been wrong <laughs> in, the, in the decades after he has shared that. Now, there's somebody that says Samsung FM, and I don't know the names, but you have your hand up. Who would that be? It's CC. Hey, CC. Hey, I love the subject, the conversation mm -hmm. um, uh, about grief and upsetness. Mm -hmm. um, I um, am choosing several things. One is to forgive right away. And when I'm not experiencing the forgiveness within, you know how you can say, oh, I forgive you. Well, I don't want to fake it. Sometimes I fast and pray. Um, I read inspirational materials such as the Bible. I pray a lot. I write a lot. 
And I want to forgive a lot because I know I'm not perfect. And God has forgiven me from so many different things that who am I not to forgive somebody or not to release the anger because releasing it actually benefits me more than the person doing the offense. Mm -hmm. So today I'm learning to be well. And I also use counselors, professional licensed counselors to help me process through whatever I'm not, you know, agreeable with in my mind, because it's Mm -hmm. all my own thinking. Mm -hmm. And so today I desire to have a clean heart and love people sincerely love my family, friends, and everyone. So thank you so much for letting me share my past. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that. Um, I think that it is such a great opportunity um, to have a conversation with others, to share with others. One of the things that we um, inculcate here in this community as the Daily Huddle family is doing things in communities why we meet every day at 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, you could do your own little meditation thing and your own little start the day thing and motivation and blah, 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 all. We could all do that on our individual tracks, but it's so much more powerful when we do it in community. And, um, and that's true with any kind of human experience. Uh, you know, grieving is somehow more, what's the English word for llevadero, (laughs) Giovanni? (laughs) It's so much more like, I can do this, I can survive this, I can walk through this because I'm locked arm in arm with my family, with my friends, with people who support me and nourish me. Uh, It's the same about anger, it's the same about sad, It's it's the same about any human emotion. I, you know, that's my position about that. Um, And my challenge to all of you you know, I, I'm, I'm fond of giving homework. <laughs> the teacher in me is fond of giving homework. My challenge to all of you is that thing that has been gnawing at you to, in your heart, whether it's a sense of loss, a sense of grief, a sense of missed opportunity, a sense of um, I didn't do enough, I didn't say enough, I didn't act soon enough, or whatever that not enoughness thing is that you're grieving. Bring that to your mind, clarify it in your language, and then forgive yourself and um, and speak to it. Whether you're speaking to yourself out loud as you're driving in the car, or as Laura suggested that she um, writes, um, or even having that in a conversation with someone that you trust, to release sometimes requires revealing ugliness that you may not necessarily want to reveal, which is why we suppress so much, right? In order to heal a wound, we must first disinfect it. And sometimes that means taking the pus out and taking the gunk out and ugliness stuff that we don't necessarily want to look at. However, it is a very necessary first step in order for you to be able to reconnect with your wholeness. Not that the wholeness ever went away, but that in order for us to be connected to it again, we must release this thing that we're suppressing or ignoring or um, letting it fester. So that's my that's my invitation to you today. And um, and it's okay to take a moment and shake it off or to cry. We have we have physical biological responses to grief. If you've ever seen um, an animal on the other side of an uncomfortable or painful situation, they almost always are shaking. 
even our dogs, you know, they shake after a shower. The showers are not pleasant for them, you know. We might not say that they're traumatizing, but they're not pleasant. And so they're shaking the water off, you know, and and so I challenge you, shake it off and and give yourself the space to clarify, articulate and release. And it may not be like a one and done situation, but it certainly does begin the process of release. And and my invitation to you is that peace of mind and that peace of heart you deserve to live in it and not just see glimpses of it. We love you. Thank you for coming to the Daily Huddle. See you next time. At the Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your full potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give us our best every day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss the stress. Laugh, laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back, you will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love, most of all love. With your words, your thoughts, your actions, Power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Until next time, go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. See you next time.